Welcome to Purposefully Prepared Episode 4, Tapping into Payor Sources for Rehab and Long-Term Care. Let's begin with rehab in a skilled nursing facility. This is where people get Medicare and Medicaid confused. Medicare is our health insurance, and Medicaid is a long-term care payor source with certain income asset, and physical uh, eligibility requirements. Medicare can pay for rehabilitation therapy, such as speech therapy, physical therapy, and occupational therapy. But here's where people get tripped up. If you have a hospital stay, and as a result of that injury that you sustained that required that hospital treatment, you need rehabilitation to get better. You need to know that your hospital stay has to be at least three midnights, not three days, but at least three midnights. And that has to be on an admitted status, not what they call observation status. So you might be in a room on the fifth floor of a hospital with bells going off, you're hooked up to equipment that monitors your vitals, nurses are coming in and out all the time, disrupting you and your sleep and your rest. And it feels like you're admitted into the hospital, except you're not. That's called observation status. You can imagine what a problem this would be for, the, for those patients that thought they were on admitted status and we're expecting their rehabilitation therapy to be paid for or reimbursed by Medicare. But in fact, it wasn't because they weren't on admitted status. And so this would be something that shows up in the record, in the medical file, but you would ask the doctor. And because it was happening with such frequency, along came the Notice Act, which required Medicare to notify Medicare beneficiaries what status they were on. But where do they place that notice? Well, sometimes they place it on the bedside stand and you're sick in the hospital, laying and staring uh, horizontally, looking up at the ceiling. You may not be aware that you have a notice on your nightstand. So this is where having advocates, having boots on the ground, people that are there to assist you is really helpful. Once you have notice of your status, you would need to speak to a doctor to get that changed. Outside of the Notice Act, you should ask your doctor specifically, what status are you on? Or you should be asking on behalf of your loved one. Once you've met that criteria, admitted status, a three midnight stay, Medicare will reimburse for those therapies, speech, physical, and occupational, if you need them. But it only lasts for 100 days. This is why Medicare is not a long-term care benefit, but only a health benefit, only to rehabilitate you as you need it. So this is a benefit that is up to 100 days. And it's not 100% for those 100 days. Days 1 through 20 are 100% reimbursed by Medicare. 
But then days 21 forward up to the day 100 would require a copay. Unfortunately, skilled rehab facilities do not extend the full 100-day period because Medicare is saying that they won't reimburse for that full 100 days. And usually the reason for this is stated this way. The patient is not improving or the patient has plateaued. And if you hear this, you should know that this is not the correct standard. That's called the improvement standard. And it's not correct. In fact, it should never have been used as a standard in the first place. But somehow it became used and was a reason for denial for reimbursement. Instead, the correct standard is the maintenance standard. And this came out from a court case that turned into a settlement called the JIMO settlement, J-I-M-M-O. And Jimmo was a named plaintiff in a case that was disputing the fact that Medicare had terminated her reimbursement and she was very sick and needed Medicare to pay for her rehab. Other plaintiffs joined in the class action and the case was settled, hence its name, the Jimmo Settlement. It started out as Jimmo v. Sibelius. Sibelius was the DHHS secretary. And it turned into a settlement called the Jimmo Settlement. Well, unfortunately, it still wasn't being followed. And so people still kept hearing about this improvement standard. And so there was a corrective action put into place to actually address this. If you're told that Medicare will no longer reimburse because you as the patient or the patient that you're advocating for isn't improving, please do inform them that you are aware of the GMO settlement and the corrective action plan. You can find out more information at the Center for Medicare Advocacy. That's at medicareadvocacy.org. If the patient refuses to participate in therapy, that's different. Somebody that refuses to participate will not receive Medicare reimbursement for those services. And Medicare can terminate the reimbursement. The long-term care payor source is Medicaid. Lots of people think that they would not be eligible for Medicaid because they have assets. They own a home, they have other investments, maybe an IRA. I'm here to tell you that if it was needed, you too can access Medicaid and there are ways to become eligible for Medicaid. Unfortunately, people have a stigma associated with Medicaid. And that's unfortunate because as we know, Long-term care expenses are exorbitant, as are medical expenses. They are severely inflated, and it's really hard for even people with some net worth to sustain a long-term care need over time when they're a couple. So if you're married and only one of you needs a nursing home, 
then paying out of pocket for that at a rate of eight to ten thousand dollars a year while also maintaining the home and the life of the spouse living inside the primary residence can really create what we call a burn. So the money is burned. It's a burn rate where you're paying out to carry both lives. And so if you want the option to opt out of private paying and instead be able to transition to Medicaid as a long-term care payor source, you can do that. You just need to know how the rules work and how to make it work for you. So here, I reintroduce the importance of having a formidable power of attorney that is done by a practice that focuses on elder law, that concentrates in elder law, because it is that power contained in the power of attorney that will allow you as the agent to accomplish asset protection when trying to become eligible for Medicaid. So your choices are to spend your assets down until you are organically eligible for Medicaid. But few people know that you can actually become Medicaid eligible with creative planning. And this is permissible by federal and state law. It just has to be done in a certain way and by complying with certain terms. Once those are done, you can become eligible for Medicaid and have your long-term care costs within a nursing home covered by the state of North Carolina. We're not doing this to protect the money necessarily for your children. We're enabling the family to use the money that is now protected and not being used to pay for long-term care to optimize the care of someone in a nursing home. So that might include assistive technologies, such as a lift chair or a phone that has hearing impaired device contained within it, or a flat screen TV for that matter. We also know the protected funds can be used to pay for rehabilitative therapies, such as recreational therapy that can really enhance the quality of someone's life in a nursing home. It can be used for vacations. It can be used for anything to make that patient's or that resident's life a quality life, notwithstanding the fact that they're in a nursing home. So in addition to optimizing someone's life on Medicaid, it can also be used for the spouse who's living inside of the home to help support that spouse. And of course, if the nursing home resident passes away, the surviving spouse still has a life that needs to be paid for. And so that money is used to preserve the quality of life for the couple. And then of course, derivatively, if there's any money left over, then children might benefit, for example, or your other beneficiaries, but children or other beneficiaries are not the primary purpose of becoming Medicaid eligible. It is to stop that burn that I referred to earlier. Know that retirement accounts, even though they're countable resources, they are assets that can actually be handled and taken off the table in order to qualify for Medicaid. 
But again, you would need that power in your power of attorney. Another long-term care payor source is veterans benefits. Obviously for veterans and their surviving spouses. So if you're not a veteran, it's not an eligible payor source for you. But we'll be covering that in more depth in Purposefully Prepared, Episode 6, Uncovering Veterans Benefits. Lastly, I want you to know that we should never put all of our eggs in one basket. And so I know that most of us don't grow up, get educated, work hard, get careers, raise our families, and hope one day to be a Medicaid recipient. I get that. But we do want it on our radar as a payor source because the costs of long-term care are so unaffordable and exorbitant. So we do need to still have that in our back pocket, but also know that there are alternative ways to pay for long-term care by using your very own asset. But I'm not talking about private pay or self-insuring. I'm talking about allocating assets that you already have and reallocating them to a long-term care paying source, such as a hybrid policy or an asset-based long-term care policy. This is to be distinguished from a traditional long-term care insurance policy where you have premiums every year that could continue to increase and where you might risk um, having to forfeit certain benefits in order to keep the premiums low or where you might have to let it lapse if you can't afford it. These are asset-based in that we're using your assets. And these are great ways to accomplish paying for long-term care and really leveraging your assets for that purpose. Medicaid does have income, asset, and physical eligibility criteria, and some of that can be confusing. And so if you're interested in either pre-planning for Medicaid or crisis planning for Medicaid, you can do that. Just schedule an appointment and we can walk you through it. Please know that the quality of custodial care is not any less because you're a Medicaid recipient. The private pay patient and the Medicaid patient receive the same quality of custodial care. It's just that one is paying out of pocket and depleting resources, while the other one is not. While it is true that Medicaid beds sometimes are limited in their availability, I do want to clear up one misconception. Any facility that accepts Medicare must accept Medicaid. So I've heard people say, well, facilities don't have to take Medicaid. Yes, they do if they also accept Medicare. Often, Medicaid beds are available or do become available, and you can convert from private paying and transition to Medicaid. If you have any questions about what we discussed today, please feel free to call the center at 910-755-PLAN. That's 7526. Be sure to tune in to Purposefully Prepared, episode number five, where we'll be discussing the recently enacted SECURE Act. Thank you so much for attending and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.